Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, Canadian Grand Prix post-race edition. Yes, we are here to talk about what's gone on this weekend. and. Well, I'm sure, Tommy, you're going to be feeling great, as always, (laughs) for the last five of six podcasts that we've done. It's been a very long time since I've been able to be smug in front of the WTF1 founder, but maybe in two weeks' time, we will see. But welcome to Katie, the WTF1 author, and to Tommy, the WTF1 founder, and welcome to Team WTF1 as well, who are watching us live on the Monday, live podcast for them. Visit WTF1.com forward slash Team WTF1 if you want to get involved in live podcasts in the future. And we've also got events, we've got a Discord, we've got loads of stuff. Let's go and join Team WTF1. And also, this podcast is once again sponsored by the lovely people at Elgato, our season-long partners, and making us almost sound like professionals with this amazing equipment. So thank you to Elgato. Now, let's get into some three-word race reviews, shall we? Vale underscore Yap, Hass Heartbreak, Juiced Wolves, Verstappen, Ice Cold. They've copied my tweet there, I think. And 50 <laughs> CHW, Where Alonso Podium. Not as many three-word race reviews as usual, Tommy, but, you know, three, three, fine. That's fine. They're all about, all about the same. They're... Yeah. Um, but, yes, we, uh, we will obviously talk about Hass. We will also, I'm sure, through the means of Tommy, talk about Verstappen <laughs> and uh, Alonso. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pain. But first and foremost, Katie, you're going to kick us off with someone completely different with your three-word race review. Yeah, so I've gone for science so close because, well, Carlos Science, he was right on the back of Max Verstappen's car during the last few laps of that Grand Prix, but that made him win. It's going to have to wait a little bit longer. Um, but, I mean, it was probably Science's best chance so far to grab that first win. His teammate Leclerc was having to start from the back, so he didn't have to worry about any kind of team orders to make sure that Leclerc got the victory, Um, but just couldn't manage it, which is disappointing. I mean, Verstappen was on another level, so fair play to Max. He mastered that, but it would have been lovely to add another new winner to the new winners we've seen in Canada before, because that seems to be a circuit for some reason where it generates quite a lot of fresh new winners. And I thought maybe that tradition would carry on, but it was not meant to be. It wasn't. I felt like it was meant to be, but Carlos didn't take it over the line. Uh, mm. I think he should definitely take a lot of confidence from you know being able to challenge Verstappen at the end of the race. I am gutted and I think Tommy as well we were live on Twitch for our race watch along and we were gutted to not find out if signs could have held on um, with Verstappen having to pit again and then having to chase uh, Carlos with those fresher hard tyres but of course the safety car came out after Yuki Sonoda decided you know what this race is boring I'm going to bin it out of the pit lane (laughs) Uh, and yeah I think obviously it was it is a, a confidence builder it's nice that Carlos was fighting for the win but Part of me is He didn't end up thinking, in a gravel trap, so that's a plus. He, he didn't. That's savage. But we, we, yes, he didn't end up in a gravel trap. Um, but I think 
for me, the win was there, in my opinion. I think that Carlos could have, if he'd just done that first sector, and I know, you know, this is an armchair person saying this, but if he'd just managed to do that first sector better than Max once, he would have had a chance, an easy chance, into uh, the last chicane and potentially into turn one. But it never happened, especially towards the, the latter stages of that safety car period. He couldn't get close, apart from maybe the penultimate lap and then missed the apex of the hairpin. It was so tantalisingly close, but I don't know, and I'm sorry if this comes across as a Leclerc fanboy here, and I will happily admit that it does sound this, this way. <laughs> I, I know that it may sound this way, and people will go, yeah, but he couldn't get past Ocon. It was 20 lap old, hard, hard, hard tyres, whatever. But I think if you put Leclerc in that car, he would have won the race. And, and, and just purely because you look at the whole season, he has been faster than Sainz, and maybe that extra tenth or two that Leclerc could have brought to the table is all that Sainz would have needed. So there you go. Interesting. Yeah, Sainz, the, the fact that he's come close, not just in Monaco, but also Monza as well. He's had, that's three P2s mm, yeah. now, where he has literally been on the gearbox of P1 as he's crossed the line. Uh, he must think that, like, when am I getting that first win? I agree that Leclerc would have given Max more of a challenge in the race. I'm, I don't know. It's, it's obviously, it's all just hypothetical, hypothetical yeah. isn't it? At the end of the day, um, Ferrari did seem to struggle a lot out of that hairpin, getting the, the traction. That seemed to be where, like, Verstappen just had him covered. Um, just probably his energy deployment as well. Just always in the right places. But yeah. Um, I think Leclerc maybe would have got closer. Whether he could have passed, it's such a tricky um, place to pass. We did see even the likes of Leclerc and Perez, they, did, they weren't exactly flying through the field at the start um, because it is such a difficult place to pass. But yeah, I don't, I don't know about that um, personally because I think it's just a really difficult place to pass. I think the one opportunity, unfortunately, Science did get close in that sector and was so close going into the hairpin, he just needed to follow him round and be within half a second. And that's when he made the mistake. Um, and we'll now never know. <laughs> but no. yeah, it's a shame for science because uh, the win was there. And how many more opportunities is he going to get with Leclerc out of the way? I think the uh, Leclerc stint painted a slightly unrealistic picture, though, I think, of that particular hairpin and the Ferrari not having good traction. Like Charles was trying to get through on Ocon, who had much fresher, harder tyres on at the time, I think it was. And obviously, he's going to have better traction out of that hairpin, whereas the rest of the time Leclerc wasn't able to get through was because he was stuck in a DRS train, which is a completely different kettle of fish to trying to pass someone who doesn't have DRS. So I would say that's the reason why I'm saying that Leclerc you know, may not have made that mistake, for example, that Sainz made uh, in the penultimate corner, that pressure that Sainz is obviously feeling to get that first win um, off his shoulders. And it was I'm going to so do a poll for our team place. WTF1 people and we'll see what they think. And then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes during the podcast. Yeah, we'll see how it Ooh. goes. I can't wait for that to be a 95% no, but it's, <laughs> it's fine. We're all allowed opinions. Uh, so let's go into our first question, which is from Yuri underscore 1996. Could Sainz have won? If Ferrari boxed him for mediums during the safety car, it was only 20 laps and Leclerc drove 30 laps on the mediums. There was a lot of questions about this. Um, 
But I think a lot of people forget that there is a certain tire allocation allowed for each team. They get a set amount of softs, mediums and hards, and they use them throughout the weekend. And from our understanding, Carlos Sainz only had a fresh set of hards available. There's no point whacking an old set of mediums on, even if it's for 20 laps, that will kill his race. So they have to put the, the new set on. Unfortunately, they were hards, but the hards were a good race tire. They may have taken a little bit longer to warm up, but that was the only strategy Ferrari could have done. And for me, it was, it was the right decision to do. Obviously, he had slightly fresher tires than Verstappen. He was able to go on the attack. But yeah, there was no other alternate strategy for Ferrari to go on that would have allowed him to put on the mediums. The softs weren't a race tire from what you know that we saw in practice. I think Leclerc did 15 laps on the softs. They're just much softer, obviously. And they might be quick out the box in the first few laps, but for a stint like that, when you're going on the attack behind a, behind a driver as well, suffering with a bit of turbulence, sliding a bit, the tire temperatures are going to go through the roof and those softs will fall off very quickly. So for me, Ferrari did nothing wrong choosing the hards in that, in that particular uh, moment. Yeah, if they had no tyres, there's nothing they <laughs> could do, really. Um, I thought on the watch-along when we were saying, I was like, oh, you'd put mediums on, but clearly if you didn't have any, then there's nothing they can do there because they say worn mediums is just... I think you were crying point. out for the softs, actually, Tommy. You were like, roll the dice! Yes, get... get you do wonder, though, even if you'd have been on soft or mediums, the... With their tyre deck. <laughs> yeah, with their tyre deck, even if science had got past, Verstappen put, then putting pressure on science and knowing that that uh, Red Bull is pretty tasty in a straight line, um, it would be very interesting to see. Speaking of interesting to see, you kind of mentioned it uh, very briefly at the start. It is a shame we never got to... The, the tight, the, the battle between science and Verstappen changed so many times with the strategy. Uh, and it would have been really interesting to see if science could have held off Max. I don't know what people think about that one, uh, but I think it would have been fascinating to watch Max on better tyres come through the field. And then he is in a car where he has shown that he can pass um, and has got good straight line speed. So I think Max might have got him there as well. So um so basically why did science even bother trying <laughs> is what Sorry. you're getting at <laughs> well that goes into my three address for you later okay but... <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah but i mean tires was certainly an interesting part like strategy uh yesterday during the race i've had a look at Pirelli's graphics they make graphics at the end of every grand prix it's not related to science but something i do want to point out is that apparently Vettel did the entire race on used tyres. He pitted on lap three from um, mediums to hards and then did 10, uh, or no, how many laps? That's maths, uh, like 16 laps. And then he did 50 laps on apparently a used set of hard tyres, which seems crazy. And then also Stroll appeared to be using a used set of mediums from lap 47 until the end of the race. So I don't know what's going on at Aston Martin, why they have no... <laughs> new tires available but yeah i mean to I be fair from that it might be the case of they've just done a couple of laps just to bed the, the tire in for whatever reason so it might have just been that they've done a few laps in practice or maybe they'd used it in quality or whatever and then whacked True. them on so that's probably they're probably not sticking on something that's got holes in it a and... thousand laps on it yeah <laughs> but i still don't know there's only aston martin that are the ones that are putting the used tires on their cars but anyway uh but yeah i think you're right that there weren't any uh, proper like medium tires or anything allocated to science so he had to take what he was given 
but I think soft was too much of a gamble. Yeah, we've had Alex in our chat actually say that Aston Martin have been scrubbing race tides in practice sessions. So, yeah, so that's clearly that their, the their tactic, it's oh, what well. they think is best. But, oh, uh, yeah, unusual to see. Very yeah, unusual. Okay. Uh, let's go to the next question, which is Vichy 20. Did Carlos Sainz miss a great opportunity to take his maiden win? He doesn't seem to have the single lap pace of Charles and is always behind. And hence, when Charles wasn't, or Charles, I go between the two, just so I that know, I'm so. half correct and half wrong, uh, wasn't fighting for the win. Was this his best chance to win a race this year gone? Yeah, I think we've, uh, we've covered the fact that uh, this was definitely Carlos's best opportunity uh, to win. Um, it's... Kills me a little bit with the record that uh, that qualifying now Carlos has broken his uh, duck a little bit on on Charles Leclerc in terms of uh, qualifying head to head. But hey, look, this is how records work, and and you could say Charles has blown up his engine because he's driven too hard. Whatever, that's probably not true. Um, but yes, definitely his best opportunity. I don't think it will be his only opportunity. There's going to be another crazy race. We've got 13 races to go. Um, it's going to have to take something reasonably crazy if the form book stays as it is because Carlos has been a little bit behind uh, I think some of that is because he hasn't been able to get qualifying right as we've seen Charles Leclerc's out qualified him in normal sessions every single time this year up until Canada where he's always then had to push that little bit harder to beat his teammate and it's just gone out gone out the window so if he can qualify ahead of Leclerc I think that changes his whole mindset and he can just settle into the race but because he hasn't been able to do that, it's it's just not worked out. Yeah, I think that's a very valid point. Like we all know Carlos is a great driver. We're not trying to sit here and say he's washed just because he couldn't pass Max Verstappen, who wasn't on absolute beast mode this weekend. Washed counter. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Bing. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely his best opportunity so far this season. Um, but like you say, anything could happen. Last year at Silverstone, for example, the two title contenders came together. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen this year, but it could be potential that when Verstappen and Leclerc are fighting, they take each other out and science can sail on through and take his maiden victory that way. Probably not the way that he would want to do it. But I mean, with Carlos Sainz's luck, I think he'll take whatever he can, as long as he's actually on the podium by the time he gets given his right award. Because it's happened so many times now where he's been like promoted to a podium or another higher place like second place because of post-race penalties so I'm sure he'll be happy just to get that first win done and I'm I'd like to think it would happen if it never happens then that is like the biggest injustice and saddest thing in the world I mean that's quite an yeah, exaggeration is- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah in Formula One maybe in Formula One um, yeah the fact for this that, season the fact yeah for this season for this driver um yeah no he's um yeah, the fact that he's been so close. We said it before even the start of the race that this is his opportunity because we knew Leclerc would be essentially out of the picture. So uh, he had to capitalise, but yeah, just couldn't quite do it. Um, there will be other opportunities, I'm sure. Um, Covey is now, Matt, but there is obviously talk that this might not be the last time Leclerc has taken an engine penalty, which is worrying uh, for his title. Um so science will get the opportunity again. Um, but yeah, we've done this poll now. 51% think Leclerc would have passed and 49% no. I'm so gonna, it's uh, so close. Sorry, Tommy, so but I'm going to take that as a majority. And, yeah. uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's interesting. Uh, it's uh, a split decision there. 
Uh, thank you, Team WTF1, for getting involved with that. At the moment, plenty of my mates are working on their own side hustles. Importantly, lots of them need an e-commerce platform to start, run and grow their businesses. So I recommend them Shopify. Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell anywhere. From creating your online shop in your look, to finding new customers or to scaling that burning idea. With Shopify, you can do it all from one place with no need for skills in design or coding. I have actually previously set up an entire new website for an online business using Shopify and was amazed at how simple and easy it was to use with help on hand whenever I needed it and so many options available for customization. Running a successful business means getting the insights you need to grow and that's so important, which is why with Shopify's single dashboard, you'll also be able to manage orders, shipping and payments from anywhere in the world. It's no wonder every minute of every day a new seller makes their first sale with Shopify and you can join them. Sign up for a free 14-day trial at shopify.co.uk slash WTF1. So go to shopify.co.uk slash WTF1 right now to grow your business today. You won't regret it. It's the perfect e-commerce platform to use. That's shopify.co.uk slash WTF1. Tommy, let's move on from Ferrari to your boy and your yes. three-word race review, please. Uh, so my three-word race review is Max's form scary. And this is just the fact that, well, goes without saying, doesn't it? He's got five wins out of six now. Uh, the last six races, five wins. Uh, other than Monaco, he's won every race that he's finished. Uh, this stat always... Uh, it always gets brought up, but it's still ongoing. And it's crazy that if you get rid of Hungary, where he had half a car, you have to go back to November 2020 for the last time you finished off the podium with a working car. So it's whatever the, and he's had things thrown in this year as well, like the DRS issue in Spain. You know, he's not qualified well sometimes either. Uh, wet qualifying, pressure from science. And it, we, we roasted people for mentioning that the title's over and it definitely is not because the, the title flipped for one way, it can flip the other and there's reliability, which we can go into later. But, Ferrari fans? Yeah. Listening? Hold on. <laughs> Hold there on. Is faith. <laughs> but what I would say is it's hard to know where Verstappen's slipping up these days. It is it's crazy. And you said it on the watch long, didn't you, that you're just like any other driver... I think science has got a science has got science has got a chance, but Verstappen is so good under pressure. It's crazy. I mean, he won his first race when he was 18 in the same situation where a Ferrari was putting him under pressure. Uh, and he managed to do that when he was 18 and barely had any experience. And now he's just getting better and better. And it is quite scary for the opposition. Yeah, completely agree. I think Max Verstappen is the best driver in Formula One right now. I think it's fair to say, like oh, right now, form, but like <laughs> he is. Like you, you've yeah, just said yeah. those that 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 stat is ridiculous. Like he is going to smash the podium record by the time he's about twenty-seven at this rate mm. if he's a, if he keeps going this way. Um, but yeah, he is always okay, apart from maybe Monaco on on form. 
I mean, third place is still a good result, as you've said so many times, Tommy. Like P3 for Monaco, and that's a bad race for Max Verstappen. But he every single race weekend, he is there. There's never a, oh, I don't like this track, or I don't get on with this track, or the setup's not great. He's always there. And that's how, obviously, he won the World Championship last year. He's leading the championship now by a comprehensive margin this year. And considering I think I saw around going around Twitter with, you know, I mean, Twitter's, you know, we, we all know what Twitter's like, uh, but people saying, Oh, well, Max wasn't under pressure. After the safety car, Carlos was quicker. He had three doses of DRS to stay behind Max Verstappen. If Max makes one mistake mm. in that first sector or a, a locked break into the hairpin, Carlos is through. He was perfect. I would say throughout the, the entirety of that last stint, he couldn't pull away from Carlos, even though he tried very hard and very so almost got out of DRS uh, a few times, probably with the use of a bit of uh, energy deployment in different areas to try and extend that gap. But Max was was absolutely on it. And I know I don't usually go on a bit of a rant about, or not a rant, but like a you know, glorifying Max Verstappen um, speech, but he deserves it. You, you kind of just get used to Max Verstappen turning up every single weekend and being quick. But it's incredible. And I completely agree with you, Tommy. Max, Max's form is incredibly scary. And if he has a working car, he will 100% be the world champion this year. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, it's as simple as that. That's kind of heartbreaking Oof. to think about the optimism you had going into the season, <laughs> Matt. And then... Well, yeah, that was when Leclerc was 34 points ahead in the championship. Now yeah. he's 49 back. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was forty. It was forty six ahead of Max as well, because cool. we mentioned the last chat. It's nine. Look, I just hyped your driver up, yeah, Tommy. No. Don't now come at me saying there's been a ninety five point swing. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to add in the fact that Leclerc's only had one podium in the last six races, which is pretty shocking as well. Obviously, most of it through no fault of his own, but just that's the one thing I've written down for this entire podcast. But didn't mean it as like a mean way. But yeah, yeah. Max is just. On it, we're definitely in our Max Verstappen domination era. Um, he's just so intense and strong, and not making any mistakes. We've seen it from him previously, but you know, you can really only pick out a few examples of where maybe Max has made a mistake here or there. Um, Bahrain last year comes to mind, but I mean, he's just on it, isn't he? Even without any team radio towards the end, well, he could hear from the pit wall, but he couldn't communicate back. But fortunately, from it sounds like when his radio went, it wasn't at like a vital time where he was telling the team he had an issue or anything like that. So it wasn't too much of a game changer. But yeah, he's just on it like a car bonnet. That's an old school saying. He is amazing. He's actually <laughs> reminding me quite a lot of Sebastian Vettel era Red Bull at the moment, where you just... He's won that. He's won that. Yeah, he's won that first championship, and now it's just like, right, I've got next the car one. now. Bye. Next one, please. Yeah, thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, it's mad. Okay, next question from Team WTF One <laughs> member Joran P. What package do you think would prevail over the distance of a season? Ferrari's fast cornering speed or Red Bull's superior straight line speed? Yes. Whichever car doesn't break down, I think. Very. Yeah, it's very difficult to say because you say Ferrari's fast cornering speed, and yet who won Monaco? Uh, so I just feel like Red Bull will outdevelop Ferrari this year. Uh, it seems to be that way where Ferrari was quicker at the start of the season. Obviously, Red Bull had, was there or thereabouts, but now it does seem like they have the edge. Um, 
yeah, that's it's, it's obviously very hypothetical and prediction based, but I think that Red Bull will have the faster car for the rest of the year, personally. Yeah, I've been in, inclined to agree with you there. I think it could be Red Bull, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I know it's very cliche, but you don't know what's around the next corner, which is not a comment about Ferrari being fast <laughs> corner speed. <laughs> Ferrari are quick, though, that obviously Red Bull have now won six from six. But if you actually look at the results, and Miami, yeah, Max had it. Spain, Leclerc was going to win that race. Monaco, Leclerc was going to win that race. What was next? Azerbaijan, Leclerc was had a good, very good chance to win that race. Uh, and then uh, this race, science is on the back of Verstappen, and you've got to think Leclerc has been better than science this year, so where's he going to finish? It, it's not a case of Red Bull being miles quicker. Like they are not in the slightest. Um, and this is going to be a bit, a bit painful, but Ferrari, well, Mercedes last year, we talk about Max's amazing form. He had such amazing form last year and he had a couple of slip ups and Mercedes just kept the pressure on all the time and were pretty much perfect. Uh, and they almost pipped him. Ferrari have to be absolutely perfect and they're just not. And it's it's a shame, even for me as a Verstappen fan, I want to see it close. And even tiny, tiny errors, like Leclerc, I don't know if it really affected his race in the end, but you know, Leclerc having a slow pit stop and of the, all the places you wanted to be behind those four cars in a DRS train, it's just things like that just seem to happen to Ferrari and you're just like, you have to be on it with everything if you're going to beat Verstappen in this form. And the sad reality is Ferrari are not, even though they've got a very, very, very good car. It's true. Uh, I guess what package, as Jerome P says, I guess maybe we're looking at Ferrari as an overall package rather than just their uh, philosophy of yeah. their car. But yeah, it goes uh, more into just the fact that who's the quickest car. And I think we're showing that this year. But they've both like both teams have tripped over themselves. Red yeah. Bull have had DNFs, Ferrari have had DNFs, but Ferrari have also had strategy blunders. They've also had definitely more mistakes in terms of the strategy side of things. Um, so look, it can change. Maybe Ferrari will learn. That's maybe a nice idea. Maybe this year. <laughs> this is Ferrari's year. Yeah, this is the one. Maybe next year. Cross off. Everybody. It's like those calendars where it's like zero days since working. So you just this is Ferrari's year. Just rip yeah, it off every year. Uh, next question. Caffeined MTG. With another Red Bull going down to a hydraulic failure, is it safe to say that both Red Bull and Ferrari still have reliability issues going forward? Yes. They are very, very quick, but they still have problems. But a team will always take being quick and having reliability issues than not being quick and being very... Reliably know, finishing 13th reliably. or something, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mercedes have been a great example of utilising a car that's not the best but finishing in the points all the time. And Mercedes will take that just purely because, you know, they're trying to figure out their philosophy right now. But you'd still rather be Red Bull and Ferrari winning a lot of races or if you're Red Bull winning a lot of races and then having a few DNFs at the start. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think we said it on the Twitch watch long, didn't we, Tommy? How, how many failures we're seeing for top teams is, is unheard of. It's mad. It is actually insane yeah the fact that it's affecting the top teams and even just reliability at all we had a lot of 
preseason questions when we did our you know, preseason podcast and there was a lot of intrigue over the new rules and a lot of people were mentioning reliability and we just dismissed it because it's aero regs, right? The, the actual fundamental parts of the engines and things haven't really changed all too much. So I didn't see this coming, to be honest, at all. In 2014, you had a lot of failures. Red Bull, for example, went from being absolutely dominant to their car just being horrendously unreliable and they couldn't do any testing. And then obviously they had McLaren Honda and teams like that that were really struggling. But the reliability has been a huge shock for me because I just did not see it happening. And the fact that it's hit uh, a Red Bull again, mm. that, that was something that, uh, it's another reason why you cannot just say the title's over already because it has swung one way, it can swing back the next. And we're still only, what, eight races in to a 22-race season? Nine, Nine now. Yeah. So not even halfway. Exactly. I mean, after Baku with obviously Ferrari and their double DNF, we had loads of questions to be like, oh, so Red Bull, you know, are they just going to walk away with the title now because they've got the more reliable car? And I remember us saying, you know, hang on a minute it could be that Red Bull have a failure next and the week after, and this is literally what's happened. It's crazy to think that we're currently in a era of F1 where I'd say any of the top four, it's kind of like rolling the dice of which one's going to have a problem this weekend. And that's not really something we've ever seen before. I guess credit to Mercedes, although the fact the car looks like a S box to drive to quote Toto Wolf, at least it's, consistently finishing races and not having to stop at the side of the track and stuff so um i guess well done mercedes for creating at least a reliable car but then they've always been known for that but yeah it is madness to see such bad reliability for ferrari and red bull but i guess you could argue it keeps it exciting <laughs> but i mean it's just real unknown unless you were watching F1 like 20, 30 years ago, where literally like everyone would have reliability issues. But in the modern era of Formula One, it's quite unheard of. Natalie in our chat has made a very good point that Russell still has more points than science, which is mad in a car <laughs> that you've got to say is probably over a race distance, what, 20, 30 seconds slower every weekend without fail. And yet nine races in, uh, he's ahead in the championship. So that does show a bit of reliability from that side and how it can hurt you bad. Reliability and also yeah. mistakes as well. well science, mm. Yeah, some of the science ones have been more mistakes as well. So Yeah, uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been pretty even split, hasn't it? Uh, right, let's move on away from Ferrari now because I can't cope anymore. Uh, my three-word race review is Alonso's El Pain. Uh, what could have been? And it just feels like mm. that is Fernando Alonso's season as a whole really career. What, what could have uh, oh yeah or career uh, but that was mainly down to True. himself burning bridges if anything wasn't it so uh, but yeah fernando alonso's weekend was looking so good after qualifying second in uh, a wet quali um but it soon unraveled very quickly uh, apparently lap 20 uh, according to fernando and i take some things that fernando says with a pinch mm -hmm. of salt but lap 20 of, of 70 he uh, he had an engine issue uh, which apparently was costing him a second on the straights. Now that's quite a lot of time in F1 terms. <laughs> I was going to say, like, you know, we actually have got a video going out, which you will, if you're Team WTF1, you're watching live. It's going out today. If you're watching on the podcast, you probably would have already seen it yesterday. So it's fine. I can talk about it. Um, 
but yeah, a second on the straights, which I, felt, I thought was like, I feel like that would have been a lot more evident for us watching uh, if it was a full-blown second. But then he also said he was driving kamikaze in the corners in order for him to stay within DRS of the car ahead because that was the only way he was going to defend from the positions behind. Um, so, yeah, it was quite interesting. And I love how that happened. But also on the flip side, we had a team radio of him going, let me attack Ocon. So I don't know if he was fully... Just Alonso things. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if he was fully in the picture because they Alpine actually made Estefan slow down in order for Fernando to stay within DRS of uh, his teammate so that he could then stay in that position. Uh, and Fernando's like, well, I'm all over the back of Ocon. Let me have a go <laughs> in his one second a lap down the straight slower. But yeah, uh, it, Alonso felt like he was on one this weekend, which fair enough, he was, uh, and felt like he could have had a podium. So mm. Alonso is literally the definition of never let them know your next move. I mean, he got penalised after the race. So I think he finished P7, dropped to P9 because he got a five second time penalty for weaving on the straights in front of Bottas. So even more drama post-race um but yeah I, I don't know if I was a bit of an idiot because I just got so excited after seeing him start on the front row and he was giving it the talk I'm going to attack Max I'm going to be leading it's going to be great and like I was so excited because I've got this newfound faith in Fernando Alonso I don't know where it's come from I didn't have it when he joined uh, rejoined the the grid last year but over the course of time I've come to be quite a Fernando Alonso stan you know which I never thought would happen in my life but here we are and then um yeah just it just was one disaster after another for Alonso um so pretty disappointing for those that are um audio only listeners I think Tommy's wearing black in mourning of what could have been for Alonso but yeah pretty disappointing um so there's not much more to say other than I cried myself to sleep last night. <laughs> That's a bit I love, much. I love how you've gone from saying that you'll get a tattoo if Fernando Alonso wins the world title at the start of the year. And oh, now, I did and say now, that, didn't I? I just forget that, about these stupid things. And now that you know like, he's, he's out the championship fight, you're like, yeah, go on, Fernando, win every race now. It's, I, do you know, I completely forgot I said about yeah, that Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> oh, One my thing, gosh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned your sort of, the you didn't have much... Not much faith, but obviously we had the bet last year, didn't we, that between you thought Ocon would beat Alonso, mm. I was really confident, like, no, no chance. I'd I'd be absolutely fuming this year if, if we'd have had that bet because Alonso has been, in my opinion, better than Ocon, but in the points, Ocon is absolutely smashing him and he's just not had the, the luck. Some of it has been say self-inflicted with the, the penalties that he's got towards the end of the race where once he's not winning, he just doesn't care anymore. And he's just happy to like shortcut and weave and do things, just get extra penalties, which is not great. He is just on a Alonso's whole career um, at the moment is like, you know, when you're about to leave a job and you don't really care that much anymore and you just, kind of having a laugh with it a little bit he's doing that in formula one isn't he basically that he doesn't really care if he gets penalties and things like that and he's just almost on a mission to troll the FAA as much as possible but mm. um it's such a shame because he was unbelievable in qualifying that lap was so good and then hearing the crowd cheering him after he'd got out it was just awesome and such a shame because he was 
he was sticking with science in that early stint. So he had the pace to be on the podium and probably stay ahead of Lewis Hamilton. But it just, everything went wrong. He, we I never actually saw pit stop either. Yeah, Sorry the strategy was the strategy was a difficult one because some people said that the VSC had gone in. We never actually saw it because the TV broadcast decided to show us a replay of Mick Schumacher breaking down, which we'd already seen, just as the leaders were about to pit. That was lovely. Isn't it? Um, but we won't talk about that Small anymore. Through the pain. Um, oh, no, we need to talk about it <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, yeah. So we didn't get to see how that panned out, unfortunately. Uh, but it sounds like maybe a lot. The reason that they didn't pay him was because the VSE did end right, right as he was about to come into the pits. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a massive missed opportunity because I I do genuinely think a podium could have been an option and to finish P nine when you started second and you had the pace to get a podium, it must be absolutely gutting. And I think even just the fact that even before the issues, well, he said he had the issue on lap 20, but he must've been fuming when he's, when he was behind Ocon thinking what, you know, was he like 1.8 seconds quicker in qualifying than Ocon or something ridiculous. And he's he's back, (laughs) back behind him in the race thinking, Oh my God, what do I have to do? So. Yeah, he was uh, he was feeling himself this weekend, and I did find it funny you said about you know uh, Alonso being at the end of his you know, sort of life at his job and whatever. And he was interviewed before the race uh, on the broadcast, and um, I think there was something like, "Oh, you're really excited! It's great!" Blah blah blah. And he was like, "Well, is that I get more excitement from Le Mans actually?" And I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Sorry, Fernando, that you're on the front row of the grid." But I guess the thing is, he he knew he couldn't actually challenge for the for the victory. Uh, but he did say after the race that he th- he thought he could have beaten Hamilton and that he could have finished on the podium. So that's that's a shame. Uh, we, we've had a few moments, haven't we, with Alonso? He could have finished top six in Saudi, but he had a water pump failure. Uh, you also had Alonso Melbourne, potentially getting on the yeah. front row of the grid in Melbourne, but then had that hydraulic issue. It's it's not not working out so well uh, for Alonso this year in terms of getting those optimum results that he could have achieved. Uh, Uzi underscore eight says, what was the more disappointing result, Alonso or the two Haas cars? Probably the two Haas cars, uh, because Haas need points. Points mean prizes. And they started P5 and P6 and finished P17 DNF. Oh, that's pain. Like, <sighs> I know that obviously Mick Schumacher's one was a failure. You know, what can you do? That's more the internal structure of the car going wrong. K-Mag, just calm. I said this in Internet Special Reactions, and yeah. I'm going to say it again. Calm down. Stop. <laughs> stop seeing Lewis Hamilton and thinking, yeah, I can take a one-handed, yeah, around the outside here, around the yes. outside. Like, just stop. Stop going around the outside in corners that don't need to be go- <sighs> gone around the outside. Just settle I know you're fancying it. <laughs> I know it was very minimal. Like it was a marginal thing that happened, but Hamilton's always going to eke over to the left to help his line through the next right left. He's not going to expect you to try and go around the outside there. There's one line through there. K-Mag, you're in a Haas. It's you're even more audacious Hamilton. than Spain, wasn't it? Yes. It's never... It, that... Spain, there is there's room. There is room to go there's around the outside, two, yeah. to tango. And that Hamilton was a little bit at play, you know, at fault for that, but not, you know, it's still K Mag's fault for trying it around the outside. That one, you're never getting through there. 
you such you, a poor uh, choice to do. Uh, I know, I know. He's probably just like loving life. Oh, I'm, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm at the front of the midfield, balling. But you, realistically, if that's Ocon or if that's a midfield car, sorry, Ocon, then okay, <laughs> I can understand why he's a bit eager, maybe to try and get through. But it's Hamilton in a Mercedes. You're not going to beat him in a Haas over the course of the race in a dry race. Let's just be realistic here. Rant over. Exactly. We'd if uh, it was Mick Schumacher, for example, doing that, we'd be like, Mick, just settle for the points again. What are you doing? So, yeah, really poor from K Mag. I can understand, like you said, that he's a bit maybe overexcited that he's been stuck in a house at the back uh, in 2020 that was absolutely useless. Then he's left Formula One thinking his F1 career is over and now he's finding himself going side by side with Hamilton at the start. So you just imagine saying that halfway through like 2021 that we'd be see- <laughs> seeing this. Um, but he just needs to calm down. And speaking of Mercedes, actually, it's a very... there are There's just something about big the big teams deliver like the cream rises to the top we see mercedes are just they're getting the maximum from the weekend every single weekend and has are the polar opposite where a performance like that they just need to even if they finish ninth and tenth and they're just getting some points but to have a dnf and then magnuson just ruin his race at the first lap it's it's gutting they don't need to be a, a hero in that situation they just need to get some points on the board exactly and it is deja vu as we were saying because this is not the first time it's happened it's happened multiple times this season so yeah k mag nearly called you babes but just take a chill pill relax it's fine get the points and i get it racing drivers it's a whole go for a gap that exists and then blah 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 blah, blah. but you've also got to be a bit like calculated with it you can't just see a tiny gap and be like full steam ahead and then be surprised when you get shown a meatball flag because you've messed up your car so calm down and how the uh, race unfolded as well mick was still fighting for p7 at that time uh, when mm. mick retired so came could have easily been ahead of that still sitting in a, in a, in a solid position uh but alas it's uh, all the benefit of hindsight but i mean you're pretty you, as we've said those corners what what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> next question, Wilfred Royver. Was the meatball flag for Magnussen fair? Or like Magnussen said in post-race interview, too overcautious. Now, this this is an interesting topic. I you, you look at one thing and you think, right, okay, if that end plate, end plate flies off and hits a car behind, punctures them and they go flying into the wall, would we look back at that and go, why the hell did they not send the meatball flag out? Yes. But on the other side, I'm also thinking the FIA allowed Yuki Tsunoda with his rear wing gaffer taped and went, no, that's fine. Now, you know what? You've taped that really well. That rear wing's completely and utterly uh, taped down now. You're going to be fine. When you could see the, the mechanics were in, an, in a rush. They were just like, okay, yeah, go, 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 sort of thing. So to allow Yuki Tsunoda to finish the race with a gaffer taped rear wing and then Magnussen's end plate that, you know, was a bit 50-50. I don't know. I think that's more a testament to Yuki Tsunoda not getting another meatball flag to come back in the pits to basically retire the car rather than Magnussen's end plate. We've seen end plates in the past not be called in for that, but we're in a different era of Formula One where safety is is very much 
paramount and the first thought of uh, of everyone uh, in the FIA. So I don't think it was too overcautious personally, because is it worth having something, you know, potentially bad happen to a car behind because of that part of the end plate coming off? Yeah, we've seen it quite often where cars have got damage and we know that they the last thing they're going to want to do is pit because it wastes time if they think that they can drive it with the part hanging off then they'll do it we saw it with Alonso when he had damage to his front wing way back when I want to say Malaysia was it Malaysia and in the end the front wing snapped off and literally went under the car and he carried on well into the gravel trap but he's still like he didn't pit because he thought he could overdrive it but um I found a quote from Kevin Magnuson somebody who doesn't skip around what he's trying to say which is another reason why I've got a lot of respect for him so apparently he was telling print journalists after his interviews in the tv pen he said I was talking to Ocon now and he was just joking about how he told the FIA that it was really bad (laughs) and then said if you know you can influence the FIA like that, you're going to do it, aren't you? Which is what he did, fair play. But you've got to let us drive with that bleep word. It's nothing. I was keeping um, up. The car was fine. The front wing was safe. It was not broken off. I think back to Jeddah last year, Lewis Hamilton won the race without half a wing, which I think is correct. You know, let us race if we can. So K-Mag's popping off. I agree with him. I, I think it's really harsh um, to uh, an end plate of all things as well. Um, I wonder, I do wonder there how much the fact that the end plates are a lot bigger this year might have something to do with it because they're quite a chunky bit, whereas obviously they're, they were quite small and thin last time. And you do see people, um, but the end plates normally uh, on the, the old cars used to just fly off, didn't they? And you just wouldn't have, have it. But I think the problem with Magnussons was, it was it sort of like hanging there and it was like <laughs> yeah. flapping about and you think if that falls off, gets launched, you know, the halo is there, but there's gaps around it and stuff. You, like you say, um, maybe it's just better to be overcautious, but I did think it was quite harsh at the time, but the fact that the fact that he pitted straight away as well and then the virtual safety car came out straight after, it's just, that's just such poor luck, isn't it? Poor guy. Unfortunate for, for K-Mag, self-inflicted. But okay. Yes, also self-inflicted. Next question, uh, away from Haas now. Uh, Gilberto Q91. Why doesn't the FIA do something about DRS trains? What's, what's the FIA? What are they going to do? do? We can't get rid of DRS. That would get rid of DRS trains, and then you just have trains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't really know what they can do uh, unless you have. If you have a DRS train of five in the carriage, the first carriage, uh, the first carriage, yeah, the first carriage, <laughs> I suppose, only has a minimal amount of DRS. Then the one behind is a bit more. Then, a bit, then maybe you'll get some overtake. No, there's nothing that they can do. Like that's just unfortunately a product of what DRS is. But if you get rid of DRS completely, you won't get any passes whatsoever. So it's just a a, a team deciding to go for a particular aerodynamic setup that allows for a car to go very quick in a straight line and then someone behind that doesn't have that much straight line speed that's what happens with drs trains usually or it's just a very difficult to overtake track but we we saw passes it's not like we didn't see anything at the canadian grand prix so i don't know what you want the fia to do the... Gilberto, Gilberto. <laughs> yeah we we saw there that f1 still very much needs drs 
Um, but it is unfortunate that you do have these DRS trains because I think it was Albon, wasn't it? Leclerc was in a bit of trouble because the guy in front of him was getting DRS, which made him not be able to catch the guy in front and get DRS. So, yeah, the DRS trains are unfortunate. I think that I still think push to pass and stuff is better than DRS. And I'm sure there was a series. I want to say it was like Renault World Series or something way, way back when. When they introduced DRS, you had a certain amount of time you used DRS. So it wasn't, I think there is something yeah. to be said I've about not done, using it in the same place. I've, because, used, I've, I've raced in a Renault something or other on iRacing and you get eight uses of DRS yeah, throughout exactly. a race. Oh, that's yeah. Good. So, so it wouldn't always, and even if it's not that, it's like a certain number of seconds it can be open per lap and you use it tactically. I do think there's something to be said about the fact that the DRS is always in the same place. It's always on a start finish straight because, you know, Carlos Sainz is a great example, right? How many moves Leclerc made into the, and, and George Russell did it as well, actually, into that hairpin. That almost ended up being the better place to overtake because you could follow through that chicane and you could lunge into the hairpin, whereas we know the chicane and turn one isn't a big enough braking zone really a lot of the time to get past. What if, you know, imagine that that battle where Verstappen, uh, well, no, Verstappen wouldn't have DRS, but science can use it in different places and he's always changing about it and he can get out that chicane. And he's like, oh, I'm actually closer this time. I've still got DRS and use it again in an unusual place to catch Oh, so Max you mean out. not in the DRS zone's just mean- any straight you can use drs and you just have a certain number of seconds to do it i'm I think sure that would awesome. have helped because carlos had three doses of drs every single lap and couldn't get past so how was how would using it where would else would he have used it on after the, the chicane so the back straight then there's the chicane drs going down to the hairpin you get a little bit of extra boost yeah is that it's a very tiny boost, but I just think even regardless, reg- disregarding the science and Verstappen battle, I've, I do want, I do think it would be better for Formula One if DRS, DRS is 100% needed, but I think there's something to be done about why does it always have to be in exactly the same place? And why does everyone always have to use it exactly the same time? limit it or, or like, like IndyCar is so great because people you get to the end of the race and some people have got more push to pass and stuff at the end and it, it creates excitement that way whereas DRS you always know that it's always going to be the same place people are going to get stuck in DRS trains things like that so I think they could interesting be theory Tommy I think that would help DRS trains but not help one-to-one battles that's that's my opinion there uh, I think we'll get less overtakes uh, in, in a Carlos Sainz Verstappen um, scenario, but would definitely help with DRS trains. Uh, next question. F1 Grump. Did Russell throw away a podium position by gambling with the softs in quali? He was ahead of Hamilton the entire weekend and up until then in quali as well. Thoughts? Yeah, it was a gamble that didn't work. I don't think he'll be kicking himself particularly much um, after this weekend. It could have... his top five. Yeah, he got his top five. Sorry, Tommy prediction in the bin Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> but um no I, I i he threw he rolled the dice even not through the dice he rolled the dice and 
I genuinely think he might well have had a chance had he got through turns one and two because that was the yeah. most sketchy part of the entire lap. It was a lot drier in the middle and last sectors. Uh, so it was worth a gamble. It's not like he completely destroyed his car and you know his whole weekend was on the back foot after that. It was worth the gamble. Russell was clearly very good in the wet. That's the reason why he got an amazing result at Spa 2021. Sorry to bring Spa up because it wasn't actually. And Russia as well. He got top three. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so he's very good in the, those conditions. Respect the uh, the gamble. It made qualifying even a little bit more exciting for us when we saw him whacking on soft tyres. I don't think he'll have regrets. No, it was very exciting when he put the slicks on. So much so that F1 were like, this is just too exciting. We don't even want to show you what's going on until he was sliding off the track. But anyway, and that's another <laughs> TV direction rant. Uh, but yeah, I think he might have thrown away a potential podium position, but Lewis did look pretty strong throughout the whole race um, yesterday, which is such a turn of events when you think about how he was so damn beat on Friday saying, you know, I've never driven a car this bad around Montreal. And he was not in a good place. And then how the turntables, as they say on the office. Um, but it was nice to see him back on the podium. But I think, you know, take a risk, take a gamble. Um, he was either going to, nothing was going to happen or he might slide off or he could be going for a front row start or something if it ended up working in his favour. So he said at the time, big risk, big reward. And unfortunately, this one just didn't work out. But I appreciate the uh, the hustle, you know? Yeah. The hustle, hustle from, from Russell. Russell. Hey. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> I love it when things rhyme. <laughs> the irony of ironies as well was Jensen Button of all people going absolutely in on him during the coverage saying that it was a stupid decision to tie gamble when Jensen Button used to do that in every situation when there was a wet race. He'd, he'd be the one to like take a gamble and sometimes it would work and then sometimes it wouldn't. And then the time it worked, it'd make him look like he was this like tie genius god that would know the wet conditions and stuff so the fact that he was going in on him was a bit of a weird one for me but it's worth the gamble like you say that not not really in the the fight with things and stuff and just it could have been an absolute unbelievable moment and you know if he sticks it on pole everyone's just going wow what a gamble so these are the risks of formula one sometimes you just have to have to do it but Hamilton was Hamilton was really quick at the end. He would seem to completely leave Russell behind. I don't know if there's any more on why that was or if Hamilton's just was just on one because he is great around Montreal. But um, I thought maybe we might get a bit of racing between Russell and Hamilton, but Hamilton just was like, no, see you later, and just was that on. That might one, have happened, he? but then Mercedes decided to pit them both at the same time, even though Russell had fresher tyres yeah. behind. And but whatnot, even when they started, out. Hamilton checked yeah. out, didn't he? So. Well, I also want to uh, reflect back on something we said about setup experiments and things like that that's gone around. Toto did actually say last week that the reason for Lewis Hamilton's deficit is because he's running setup experiments. So uh, I want to uh, clarify that, that, okay, that does seem to be the case and would make a lot of sense because Hamilton was quicker than Russell at the start of the season as well. So, um, yeah, uh, and clearly that setup experiment for Montreal worked a lot better uh, for Hamilton. And let's see if his rolling the dice in Silverstone works well. It should do. It's a very flat track, uh, Silverstone, so it should work uh, mm. in the favour of, of Mercedes. 
Um, but yeah. You mentioned the asphalt, didn't they? Was mm. that that article that did you do that article, Katie? I can't. I did read uh, one was, of our articles. Cambridge. Okay, but it was so it was something about the asphalt. Uh, the hairpin was recently laid, which really helped Mercedes. And then Silverstone have had recently laid asphalt. Ooh, so yeah, I wonder why. They joke. I think they joke that they're going to start <laughs> up an asphalt business. Wasn't it Silverstone? They re, they redid. They had to redo it because it was because so Hamilton awful. was like, "It's this is dreadful" or something. I, I, I think they are going to sue the people that did it. It was a few years ago, but they recently said confirmed that they're going to sue. So wow, amazing! Because it was a bumpy, <clears throat> bumpy. Right, let's go. I can see Tommy <laughs> looking down. He's getting I know, ready I've got the for the ABCDEF one jingle, uh, and apparently it's pretty crazy this week, Tommy. Uh, it's a bit of a mad one, yeah. Uh, I'm ready for it. Okay. Hello, Tommy, Matt, and Katie. My name is Colby Parks, and I work as an educational assistant in a kindergarten class in Ontario, Canada. For my home Grand Prix, I decided to throw my hat into the ring for the ABCDF1 jingle contest and enlist my class to help. I hope you like it. They had a lot of fun making it, and I had to bribe them with ice cream to participate instead of going out for recess. Thank you. Keep up the oh, great amazing. work. Uh, if anyone listens to SpongeBob, they'll know the... Uh, <laughs> There's okay. a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. But here we go. Are you ready, kids? Yeah! I can't hear you. Yeah! Whoa, who puts the content onto your screen? Always oh, remind us the founder is he. She's the one that does the edits. He's the guy who presents all the lists. Wow. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, I'll put, I didn't I'll put, I'll put the, the actual audio. I'll put yeah. the actual audio into the edit so people can hear it better. But yeah. um they're going on about what was the lyric? WTF. Can, you, can it, you go through the lyrics for me? It was me? something along the lines of who makes the content WTF one, who's the founder, Tom Bellingham, who's this? And it's like shout the kids are like shouting WTF one and our names and stuff. Oh, I think but, <laughs> I, in that song, did they say that Katie's the editor? Because yeah, I still who makes think the edits? People, <laughs> people think she makes the video. The, 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 Katie is the WCF1 editor for the website. She makes all that glorious content over there. She doesn't make the I guess she makes the, the edits. videos. Uh, but yeah, on the website. Just wanted to clarify that because I think there's still comments that pop up on our videos going, I love this one, Casey. Really enjoyed this. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the glory. But yeah, that's good fun. Wow. Well, that that's probably deaf well most definitely the most effort we've heard because yeah. that must have taken a whole class serious... involved fair play that is amazing and that next was from we need Wembley was Stadium. The, what was their name again Tommy uh they were Colby Parks it Colby. is well it done, is Colby. Prince Edward Collegiate Institute in Picton Ontario Canada so what <laughs> Collegiate. Collegiate. Is that a thing? Okay. Well, brilliant. Thank you so much, uh, Colby. That was amazing. That was uh, that was really good. Uh, I look forward to actually hearing the one without it being distorted down Tommy's uh, microphone. That'd be great. But right, let's get into ABCDF1 all the same. Let's start with Lewis Hamilton. A. <laughs> yeah. A is pushing A star, but it's I a... think A star because I like giving out the generous nah, ones. Alonso would have been without the, uh, yeah. the issue. 
The problem is you gave him an A last time and now it looks like he shouldn't yeah. get the same grade. Sorry, just because there's not high and low A's, it's still in the ballpark. I'm still going to mention it every single time I you. Um, no, it's an A. I'll go A star, so I seem nice. Oh, okay. Uh, so A for Hamilton and an A from the fans. George Russell. Because you think he threw away a potential better result? Yeah, I think. I think no pace compared to Hamilton at the end as well. I think B. Oh, see, I've gone for an A. I'm just going one above That makes sense because you've got an A star for Hamilton. Yeah. uh, that makes that makes perfect sense. I am trying to get <coughs> up. Uh, there we go. Lovely stuff. Right. Uh, Max Verstappen, A star. Easy. 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 A star. Easy. Ever and fans. Sorry. So actually, sorry. We gave Russell a B and the fans gave Russell an A. Max Verstappen, A star, and the fans gave uh, him an A star as well. Sergio Perez, very difficult to judge. So just going to have to give him a C. I'm tempted to give him Ooh, a D. Is that even too generous? Because he messed up in quality. His fault. He did crash in he quality, did. actually. It's his and crash. He had to start first. D. Back. Yeah, yeah D. D. Fair point. I was thinking more about the race uh, and the fact that he just DNF'd. But yes, no, D makes more sense. And uh, the fans gave him a C. Uh, Charles Leclerc. Hmm. This is a difficult one. <clears throat> B. Yeah, it is a very difficult one because... He got through the field. He's in a much better car than everyone else. Fifth. He did it well, but he did get he a lot of... He got mugged off Ferrari. a lot during the race. Would <laughs> it have been multiple times. fifth without the safety car as well? I don't think so. I think yeah. he still would have finished behind the Alpine, so I'm going to give him a B. Yeah, B. I'll go A, because I'm feeling nice. Kate is loving the great above me and Tommy just grouchy uh so <laughs> you are f1 grump Le- leclerc, <laughs> yeah. leclerc we give a b and the fans gave him an a carlos signs a yeah definitely yeah i think were you, were you about to give him an a start i felt like, I felt like you were... i just feel like i'm being so too nice yeah you're <laughs> you very nice but we're yeah, gonna bring you down yeah i think a is fair <laughs> he didn't get past max so no uh so a for signs and an a from the fans uh lando norris I mean, he's had. Oh my god! What a shower! By your team, McLaren were just shocking again. Like no Mm. points scored. Lando sat in the pits for about three years, waiting for a wheel to be correct. (laughs) Did you hear his post-race interview about? No, what he said. The reporter went, "What happened in the pit stops?" And he was just like, "Um, "There weren't any wheels, and uh, you need wheels to drive a car, so not great." (laughs) Amazing. Um, Yeah, absolute shocker. He said it in the last one that he must be get feeling a bit mugged off that he's signed this massive contract with this new reg, signed this new contract with McLaren, and they they're messing up a lot. And this is just a a shocking race that's just for, almost forgot about him completely. And he was the one last year that his name was right at the top of everyone's list for yeah. driver of the year and stuff. So. Yeah, not great for Lando's career. It's it's hard to judge this one because he had a problem in qualifying. McLaren mm, screwed up his stop. I don't I don't want to give him a D because I don't think it was a performance that was actually worthy of a D. He got a five second penalty for speeding in the pits, apparently, in his second yeah. stop as well, which is his own fault. Don't blame him. It's probably, yeah, he just wanted to, probably trying trying to, get to make quicker. up for his pit stop time. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. give I'm gonna give him a C. Yeah, it's a C. I think C. Okay, uh, C from us and a C from the fans. Daniel Ricciardo finished 11th. He didn't have as many problems as Lando. 
but should be getting a point now, shouldn't he? In there, McLaren yeah, should be. Uh, I'm just going to go with a C. C. Yeah, stuck yeah. in a DRS train as well, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was stuck in the the stroll train. The stroll train. Yeah, he was actually uh, uh, C from us and a C from the fans. Fernando Alonso problem. Got a penalty for weaving because he's Fernando Alonso. <laughs> Qualified Peter. I'm going to have to give him an A because he had a problem. Uh, I'm still yeah. giving him an A. A. Even despite yeah. self Finishing sabotage, ninth, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think A's, A is fair. Fair, like fair enough. Uh, so A from us and a B from the fans. Uh, Esteban Ocon finished P six. Was a decent drive, I'd say. B, B, yeah, yeah, some good defending. I think B's B's fair. So B from us and a B from the fans. Pierre Gasly, uh, <laughs> another terrible Shocker. weekend. Yeah, completely anonymous. Yuki, I can't believe he got knocked out Q1. I'm still furious about Yuki that. Yuki was beating him comprehensively. Yeah. Are you saying he had brake issues this weekend? D. All the time. <laughs> um, I'm going to go C because I think a lot of it was mechanical and out of his hands. So, so, what brake issues do we have anymore? He said he just, his brake just, well, after qualifying, he got knocked out in Q1 because apparently they boxed for new tyres. And then after that, his brakes just stopped working, which. But were they not working in the race as well? I think potentially they weren't doing. They weren't at their best. Yeah, he had to he had to lift off. <laughs> he had to lift Word. off on lap two to control brake temperature. On lap two, they okay, were okay. All right, yeah. see then. His summary of his race was: no pace all afternoon, no front, no rear, can't brake, can't accelerate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. If he's having, if I'm going to give Lando a C, I'll give yeah, a C as well. Yeah. Okay, C from us and a C from the fans. Yuki Sonoda. It was going to probably be like a B or an A, and it was a crash into the wall out of the pits, which is one of the most unforced errors I've ever seen yeah, in Formula One history. It's... Dare I say it's almost an E because of how mm. embarrassing it was. And this is me, <laughs> the Yuki fan. To, to crash oh. out that way, I think E's maybe a bit harsh. I want to give him a D. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If we had pluses and minuses, we wouldn't yeah. have this banter. Yeah, if we would, I know. You know I mean? Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give him a D. A D, yeah. Okay, D from us and a D from the fans. Sebastian Vettel, knocked out in Q1, finished 12th behind Lance Stroll. C. C. Yeah, C. And the fans gave him a C as well. Lance Stroll somehow managed to... <laughs> somehow managed to get a point. How has he done that? Uh, obviously, I, I imagine the safety car helped him out a treat uh, because he was lingering around, wasn't he, with those uh, hard tyres and then I'm sure then managed to go onto the mediums for that final stint. But either way, P10, it's going to have to be a B. Yeah, yeah. why not? His stint on that, yeah, he was on the hards for ages yeah, and just was. blocking everyone. <laughs> yeah, but... Good defensive driving, yeah. really. Uh, so B for from us and a B from the fans. Nicholas Latifi. He's getting worse, <laughs> if anything. No. Isn't he? He beat How is Kevin he so Magnuson far behind? I don't understand it. His confidence is shot, isn't he? It's gone. He's just, it's it's gone. He knows he's off. Like He's just literally having a bit of a, a bubble, really, now for the rest he, of the season. Even in FP3, hit one of the Groundhog things. He did. What I heard that team radio. It was very, they are. Oh, I felt so sad. Oh, well. 
because he's he was sad heartbroken. As a... <laughs> Tommy just oh well. <laughs> oh no, anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry, do I do. Yeah, Katie's like, oh, well, what? What if we were to give him a C, an because A star? Because he, he, he feels he really sad. The groundhog. Now it's going to have to be an E. Latif is just on that. Just it's awful, isn't it? It's, it's, it's sad. sad. It's sad it is sad. Yeah, yeah. He needs some Nutella in his life or something. Jeez. He, uh... if, he can, if he comes to Clubhouse, I'll give him a cattle. There you go. Is he coming to Clubhouse? No, but I'm saying Latifi because I know you're listening. Come to Clubhouse in Silverstone. And we'll make sure there's no telly there. And I'll give you a hug. To this fucker. He, he, um, there was a lot of people trying to vote him for driver of the day. I think F1 voted him. Yeah, I think they they, did as well. I voted for him. There was a long delay before they announced it was Leclerc, Mm. which normally means there's some business shenanigans going on. Because Harry Anto won it, didn't he, when it, his yeah. first race and then yeah, they had Verstappen to be like... Verstappen win it you know, as well when he conked out in Kota and stuff. Yeah, that, that became such a meme where Verstappen meme, would just yeah. win it every week. But I reckon because it's a F1 sponsor thing, they can't us. have a... Oh, I've got Binman outside. Um, it's funny it's that... a sponsor thing, they can't have a random person winning Yeah, it, yeah. It's funny that the meme was that Verstappen used to win it uh, regardless if he deserved time. it and now he's like absolutely dominating F1, winning, putting a brilliant performance then doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah. Very true. It's very but people true. don't like the boring wins. People so, like the fight through the field. E Sorry. from E from us. Latifi. Uh, Latifi. <laughs> yeah, Latifi. Uh, yeah, and an F from the fans. Uh, Alex Alban P thirteen. B. He was. He was in the mix. Uh, Started P twelve. I know it was. He was a bit of a train, wasn't he? Of... Bit of a train as well. Uh, yeah, B. I'm looking forward mm. to. This I think C. Trans- Mm. There were two. There were quite yeah, a few people okay. ahead that retired, and he could have yeah. tried to get into those points, and he didn't. So yeah, I'm see. looking forward to seeing. I know this is really savage on Latifi, but someone else in the Williams. Yeah, so we can. Yeah. So we can let's see, see how good Alban yeah, is. Let's see how good Alban is when Piastri's in there. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so we gave we gave uh, Alban a C, and the fans a C. Valtteri Bottas uh, P7, just ahead of his teammate Jaguar New. Um, B. B. I'm going to go A just because of what I want to give Joe Guanyu. <laughs> so it's fair. <laughs> okay. 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 So a B from us and a B from the fans. Uh, Joe Guanyu. A. A star. A, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, uh, a for Joe. You won't give him an A star. Yeah. Why not? I know he finished behind his teammates. So the theory yeah, of like no ranking way. them there's is no quite way. fraud. To be fair. But he outqualified him. He got his best points finished today. How did today. he end up I'm behind just... him in the end? Bottas paid. He did his only stop behind the safety car, I think. And then Joe was in the, the stroll train, I think, for quite a while. He was actually. He, did, he, he was stuck some behind good him. moves. Yeah, it's not he an was... A-star. No way is it an A-star. <laughs> you can't give Bottas a B. It's ahead of I gave him, him an A. I gave grand... him an A. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, but still, an A-star for eighth. No, it was a very impressive performance. And it's great to see him getting stuck in. But yeah, for me, it's an A. But if you want to go A-star, Katie, I'm not going to stop you. Okay. And Tommy, you're not going to go an A-star, are you? No, it's an A. Great <laughs> great to see. Though he's he deserves a bit of luck. And he deserves some praise as well. Well yeah, done, he does. Joe Guanyu. So an A from us and an A from the fans. K-Mag. It's going to have to be A-E. Yeah, I think so. Damn. It's really harsh, but I think... But he hasn't learned from Spain. No. He's done it again. Yeah. He ruined his race. I know it was unlucky. Now, okay, maybe a D. 
It was yeah. marginal. So high E. <laughs> Tommy, it's, 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 a, it's a D for Kevin. Yeah, me. D. It, it, yeah. It's a very small mistake, but a very costly one that he should, have, should know better. Yeah. Yep. Did you go for a D as well, Katie? I did, yeah. Okay, so D from us and a C from the fans. Yeah. Mick Schumacher was running so well. Then he, he did drop a lot out. of positions at the front at the start, though. Yeah, it wasn't all perfect. B, so B. I think a B, yeah. And uh, a B from the fans as well. Right, Canadian Grand Prix predictions. Sebastian Vettel scores points again. That worked well. No, and Leclerc win. Good. Why did I? Even... <laughs> <laughs> Katie, I did not enjoy that laugh whatsoever. Sorry, that was, that was really that, was that, that came really from that sounded like a soundboard laugh. Evil laugh. No points for me. Moving on, Katie. Oh, let's go to yours then. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. Let's, let's clip that same laugh. Somebody crashes at the Wall of Champions. Didn't happen. So very well done to everybody. Kept out of it. And I've put more drama for the Ferrari power units. Matt shaking his head. We know what was. We even said it. During our stream, that no. you'd be going asking half a point for this. Yeah, there's no way. Okay. I'll take. No Ain't points. no way. Um, I've gone for Alonso top five and quali. Thank nice. you very much. And first time Russell out of the top five. That is impossible to happen. Apparently, yeah, apparently, even Tommy saying it doesn't allow it to happen. Uh, as fans, well done, Tommy. Uh, Abish five three two one one four seven three. We might see a first time winner considering some drives have got their first with the Canada. So close. very close. X Greg, Leclerc pole position are not winning. No. And Thomas Phipps 12, Vettel top five. No. British Grand Prix predictions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half a point. No. British Grand Prix predictions. I've gone for Max Verstappen, bad luck. Whatever that might be. (laughs) Manifesting. It might just be a lockup. And (laughs) Ferrari finally win again. Channeling. Manifesting. I've gone for Verstappen, Graham, Chellum. So. <laughs> we'll see. Please. And then Leclerc back on the podium. <laughs> he's not he's done it once in the last to, six to races. Fair, I will not have yeah. that. That is mad. That is mad. I did not see that coming. I know a lot of it has been because car keeps breaking down stuff, but um I've gone for a spicy one. I've gone for Russell Hamilton. I'm gonna have a bit of a fallout at Silverstone. Why are you uh, what do you mean? What do you mean? They're like they're gonna orders. play Jenga and like not Yeah, maybe. I'll well I'll be getting half a point if that happens. But um I reckon, yeah, we'll see a bit of team orders or something like that. Okay. Or or not even if they're just sort of in the same other. bit of the track and and they're you know, like Alonso was wanting to get past Ocon and stuff like that. that Sounds like Tommy's going to try and cash in yeah, points even yeah, if they're basically. 10 seconds apart on track and say nothing. <laughs> they're like, well... Oh, yeah, they didn't they speak to each other. other. <laughs> <laughs> um, double McLaren points as well. Ooh, interesting. Why not? Uh, actually, I did check uh, a little bit ago. Your Because your bet, Tommy, was that you were going to buy merch... Oh yeah! Whoever. What's that now? Is so it Alpine? still the top four? No, oh. McLaren are still ahead of Alpine by eight points. I think it is. Uh, so that's it's close. Still, the dream is still alive. Uh, you've What's got the bet again? McLaren on sixty. So Tommy said he'd buy merch for who, well, a lot of merch. I think it was for whatever team. If a team break into the top four, and right now yeah. the top four are the same as what they I'll were last year. I'll sit on the podcast with them. On, like, it has to be full t-shirt yeah. yeah so you've got alpine eight points behind mclaren so mclaren 65 alpine 57 alfa romeo 51 
and then AlphaTauri 27th. It's not impossible. Uh, it's not impossible at all. Uh, Red Bull 304, Ferrari 228, Mercedes 188. How are Mercedes 40 points behind Ferrari, please? That is unbelievable. I just know it? Ferrari are going to finish third in the, in the constructors. I just know it. <laughs> no, they can't. Uh, fans, Giovanni Kane 05, Ferrari 1 2 with the Claire win and fastest lap. That is definitely my burner account. Thank you, Giovanni. <laughs> Uh, Bernard Spiteri, Mick first points. I feel like we've had that so many times. And Chelsky underscore enjoy it. There will be zero Brits on the podium. Interesting. Don't forget last year as well, it was like one of the only races where Mazepin actually beat Mick Schumacher. Not saying that that's going to mean anything, but didn't In go away last two year. race that was going on. Uh, at the no. back of the Formula One field, right? No. It was very much like oh, that was strange. 18 cars. We were watching it, like, it, yeah. 10 minutes later. Where's the house? And there's the house. Oh, there's the house. <laughs> They're on lap three and everyone else on lap eight. Okay. That is it. We're done. We're finished. Finito. Tommy, Finito. final thoughts? Just straight in. Didn't, uh, even allow you, didn't even allow you to process. <laughs> My final thoughts are that I really hope the Silverstone crowd do not boo. Max Verstappen, because there was a lot of talk before Zandvoort of whether the Dutch crowd were going to, you know, boo Hamilton and there's all this controversy. And I thought the Dutch crowd were very good and respectful. Probably helped a lot that he finished second behind Verstappen. Yes. But they were very respectful. We were there. And I just do really hope that now, uh, well, you never know. Maybe Mercedes are going to be quick, but now we've not got the Brits at the front. They're going to be respectful. And I know Max isn't the most popular driver in the uk um but i hope he doesn't get beat okay Be nice <laughs> mine is um but i'm excited to see people at the wtf1 clubhouse because that's next oh yeah. my god yeah that's mad. It's crazy. It we're going to be doing live podcasts. So we're actually going to be recording podcasts in person, which is going to be exciting. Yeah. And uh, catching up with lots of lovely WTF1 listeners and team WTF1. And it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Should be. Should be mega. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. I am very much looking forward to just seeing some of you all at the British Grand Prix. That would be amazing to, to do meetups and say hello. And yeah, it's one of my favourite weekends of the year. Big campsite this year as well. Can big be like old 700 campsite. people apparently or something. Yep, something crazy like that. We've got a lot of people staying uh, with us. We've got lots of exciting things at the WTF1 Clubhouse. If you think, wow, I want to be part of that next year, don't worry. We'll be lo- launching some stuff very soon. So that is it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Tom and Katie. Thank you to Team WTF1 for watching live here on the Monday. If you want to join Team WTF1, there's a link in the description. Apart from that, thank you so much. We're on Twitch. Go and follow that as well. Oh, yeah. Loads of watch-alongs. Yeah, we're doing the watch-alongs as well at Silverstone. So. We are indeed. Not at the track. We'll be doing the watch-alongs from uh, a room. Uh, so we'll have <laughs> the window open and uh, try to hear the F1 cars. But, uh, yeah, thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Hashtag WTF1 Podcast if you want to get involved next time. And five stars, good feedback, great feedback, whatever you want to do on whatever platform you're, you are currently consuming <laughs> our content on. Katie's just punched her microphone. <laughs> And on that note, we'll see you in a couple of weeks for our next post-race podcast. But we've got lots of stuff on Twitch, so go follow us there. Okay. Bye! Bye! Say bye, Tommy! Bye, Tommy!